Hey guys, it's March, and you're listening to Hola Vichola, Hola Vichola, Hola Vichola, Casa de Dragon. you're having a drink a shot some sort of beverage that can ease our stress and soothe our sadness because what a damn episode wow I mean honestly I thought we were gonna be able to see more than we saw but I'm still really happy with how it all resulted and and quite frankly I'm shaken to my core like I don't know I almost like didn't even know how to breathe at one point I my throat was hurting I was starting to have a headache my my cheeks were wet I didn't understand all of these things that were happening to me but yeah let's just uh let's just get right into the episode let's get right into this episode I'm so sad so we open up at Dragonstone and we're seeing Luceris and he's by the um the table and his mom's kind of walking in and they're just having such a tender tenderoni moment and you know you can just see that I feel like Luceris is often looks often just so scared and confused and unprepared and just he doesn't really want to participate in any of the duties that it is to be a prince he just wants to hang out and be a 14 or 13 year old boy that he is but alas that is not his fate and so finally Rhaenys arrives and she delivers the message to Damon and Rhaenyra that the Greens are coming for her, which, you know, I don't even know why Rhaenyra didn't see this coming. I feel like often, you know, these two girls, Alicent and Rhaenyra, they're still, they still see each other as the young girls that they once were. And so... They want to give each other the benefit of the doubt, but in this moment, you know, everything Rhaenyra feared by leaving King's Landing happened. She left, and they usurped her. So, you know, ultimately, you should have just trusted your gut and never left, because, you know, if if you if you don't have an eye over King, a watchful eye over King's Landing, like you know it's the it's the greens are just gonna have you know the city's back the realm's back in a way and so obviously naturally Rhaenyra goes into early labor and um she's I kind of saw this as like she was in another battle just like her mom was in the same battle you know, just like all of the other women in her line who've gone to birth, you know, with Lena even having her own battle. And now she's having what you would think is her last and final battle, but no, just one more grief moment 
in this goddamn show where it's just so much pain and agony and I just don't see why these people put themselves through this it, it just seems so exhausting quite frankly to live and I, I would feel like there's just a never-ending burning anxiety deep in your gut like how does she not have gut issues and so then we learn that Corliss survives I honestly thought that man was long gone dead. Like he was just out of the picture. Vayman's gone. He's definitely gone. But no, the sea snake survives. And it's, it's, is, it is as if he wasn't drowned or feverish or his throat slit. Like he is just so, like how how is he so strong? There must be some, like, okay. Obviously, there's dragons, so there is going to be some sort of magical element to this time period and this fantasy world, but I feel like there has to be more, because how has Corliss managed to survive a drowning, a, a, like a slit in the throat, a fever, and then on top of that, a passage? I just... First, he probably went home. Rainice wasn't there. Then he's on his way to Dragonstone. <laughs> this man is on his deathbed and he manages to still travel. Like, if he can do that, honestly, I think I can do anything too. Like, I'm going forward, I'm going to be using the power of Corliss Velaryon, the sea snake. And you should too. If there's anything that you ever want to accomplish in life, Think, what would the sea snake do? How would the sea snake survive this? And so, sadly, we learn that, well, Rainey's has a stillborn birth. And I'm not going to lie, it was pretty triggering, to say the least. Just, I had to, like, check in because, you know, labor is so intense. And then for her to be bleeding and then to have delivered, you know, a girl and have delivered, you know, a, a baby that's passed. It's just, like, she just learned that her father died. She just learned that she's been usurped. And now she's delivered a stillborn. Like, oh, I mean, you think you know grief. And then you see this. And I've realized I know nothing like Jon Snow. And well, so, you know, now she has to put her, you know, burn her baby. And as they're grieving in this moment, here comes Sir Eric, not Eric, but Eric. And he delivers the Targaryen crown and, and kneels to her. And, you know, I don't know. What does this say about these dueling brothers now? Because, like, we're already going to see a war, right? We're already going to see families fighting in the skies, families fighting on the waters, and then family fighting on land like you know royalty and now we have the king's guardsmen also having their own fight 
I just think it's too much to keep with, keep up with. Like, could we just stick to one thing? I do appreciate, though, Eric coming and recognizing that the queen is the best bet as far as having a good queen to rule the realm. But then one of the most, what I thought the most beautiful and very interesting parts, and I personally would want one myself, is when they started to heat the lava, is what we're going to call it, and they lit up the dragonstone table, and then you started to see it just glow. And we started to see all of the realm and all of the houses and who are their allies, who are their enemies. Um, I just thought it was so chic. And if someone could point me in the direction of where I can get that, I could, I would actually consider having that as a dining table. I currently don't have one for personal reasons. And so we're in the, we're in the room, the, I would maybe, I wouldn't call it this, we're in the hall, we're in the hall and it just looks so well lit so I can't tell if this is also the same place where the Dragonstone table is um but maybe they have more than just one but we're in the hall and all of the men are you know talking amongst themselves that we should go to war and Damon is giving his two-piece um about all of the dragons they have and there was this like very specific moment which we all saw where Damon is accounting Rhaenys' dragon. And Rhaenys had already said that this is not her war to fight. This is not her war to start. But here he is still accounting for her. Obviously, he's on his way into madness. But I just thought it was so funny for Rhaenys to have that smirk. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had that smirk where someone's like including you in plans and you're just like, no, 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 no. This is a separate bill. I'm going to pay for my own share. <laughs> and Rainey's is kind of like, well, wait a minute. I I, I didn't say I was going to fight with you guys. Um, but here he is, Damon, just accounting for her. Um, and so I just thought like, well, you know, that's just Damon, Damoning. Um, and then we learn that the Greens are on their way there. And I'm thinking they're just coming straight to them. They're just coming straight to fight. But no, it's Otto being bold and loud like his daughter. And he's coming to ask Rhaenys to consider bending the knee to, to Aegon. I mean, I don't know personally what I would have done if I was in Rhaenyra's position to have Otto Hightower who just usurped me and is like, I have a deal for you, bend the knee and your children can be my squires or can be like the king's squires and you guys can keep Dragonstone. I, I just don't know why she just didn't burn him. I mean, at that point, that would have been a really good reason to just start the war just for that offense alone. Um, but alas, she's just too smart and too restrained. And that is why she is the queen and I am not. So we're back in the hall. And Rhaenyra is basically saying, I'm not going to fight with my anger. This makes no sense. My dad taught me to be a 
to keep peace, not war, not burn ashes. I don't want to like rule. I don't want to rule dust. And, you know, Damon is going off and just being so disrespectful. So in the, in the best keen queen, in the best queen way, she clears the room and she has her moment with Damon, who is basically, you know, calling her out and embarrassing her in front of everyone just because he's her husband. And so you see Renera talking to Damon and she's basically revealing in a way the story of or the dream of of song and fire the dream of song and of fire and ice the song of fire and ice and so you know here's the biggest difference between these two dummies right we have damon who's like doesn't believe in any of that like dream stuff doesn't believe in like potions doesn't believe in superstitions and omens and here's Renera just like being a daddy's girl and just honoring her dad in the best way that she can and Damon's response to that is to put her in a chokehold and I'm assuming he's probably never done that to her and I thought here he comes Paymon's arriving but then he holds back and I mean I don't know what he was gonna do to her I I thought you know maybe he was going to you know choke her just enough until she's like fighting back but he held her just enough to put the fear in her and I'm hoping that at the end of this she still kills him just for that moment alone or at least imprison him for a little while do you know what I mean or poison him a little bit poison him slowly not enough to build a tolerance but enough to keep him ill right like that's what we would do to men who put us in chokeholds and then we finally finally see Corliss and he's asleep and I'm thinking how is he sleeping isn't he not how is he sleeping like he's on the I thought he was on the boat and I thought, okay, why isn't the, why isn't like the camera like rocking back and forth? But now he's at Dragonstone, like duh, okay. And Rainice is sitting right in front of him. And the first things she utters to him is, you abandoned me. And I just thought like, okay, Rainice, I totally hear you. You're absolutely right. He abandoned you. He left you high and dry you know but right now is this the right time to talk about this like he just survived a near death maybe the best the first thing you want to say is like I'm so happy to see you I hate that you came back under these circumstances but I miss you baby I love you so much but instead she was like I hate you how could you do this to me and you fucked everything for our family which of course he did you know but still, like, give the man a break. He He's traveled so far and for so long under such dire circumstances. So then we see Corliss after Rhaenys has, like, set her piece. He's basically like, now that I'm near death, I've recognized that you were right. And everything you said came true. And so I just want to go back home to Drift Park. And she's like, 
are you dumb? Like, we can't go back. It will never be the same ever, ever, ever again. We're stuck here and Rhaenyra needs us. So yeah, put your fighting boots on, bitch. You're going back to the war. <laughs> and um, so they're all talking in the um, in the hall room and Corliss shows up and he's having his moment, his reveal that he survived. And he's finding himself very impressed with Rhaenyra and how calm and chic she's being in this moment. And the boys decide that they should go and deliver the ravens or the messages to all the houses that have yet to declare their allyship, even though they took an oath, what, 30 years ago or whatever. You know, let's let's see where everybody's still at with the new lords of these houses. And so, like, remember when I said that there's just like this darkness, this like doom looming over Lucerus and his fear and his anxiety is always on his face. And and so, you know, um, Jace, Jacerus suggests that they should go. And so this is really their time to like be men be princesses and show up for the crown for the queen and so Rhaenyra sends both of her boys to deliver these messages Jaceres goes to like the north to meet the Starks and then he goes to the south and Lucerus is just supposed to go to one place He's only supposed to go see the Baratheons and go to Storm's End and deliver the message to remind the Baratheons of their oath. Just a reminder, nothing, not a cup of sugar, not a signed autograph picture of like all of the realm with like love, Renera, your queen, you know, not a poster, not a t-shirt, not even a mug but just a reminder. And well, as we all learned, that went farther left than we all anticipated. And so we see Lucerus arrive through the storms, which it's the best name for Storm's End. He gets there and he sees that, dun, 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 Vagar. And so wherever Vagar is, we know Amond is near that demon is near and he walks in and he sees that Amond is talking to one of the Baratheons' daughters and so quickly I gathered that well he's probably betrothed to her now and you know because the only way Amond can get affection is through forceful interactions and forceful marriages he can't be betrothed just through love he has to naturally betrothed through you know chess pieces and he gets there and Lucerus is like yeah here's the note from my mom we just want to remind you that you made a note remember like 20 years ago to my mom and so yeah I'm just kind of here to like remind you of that and hopefully you'll like agree that we you do remember and so because you remember you're gonna like come with us and the Baratheon Lord Baratheon is like um yeah sorry your uncle 
came here and he's given us way more than a little reminder. So go back home, tell your mommy that we are on team, team green, team green, technically team black, but team green. So Amond is like, oh, well, you know, you're here all alone. There's absolutely no way I'm going to let you leave without a little prank, without a little ruse. And so Amid is like, I want your eye now. Literally what his mom said, because nothing new comes out of his mouth. And so here he is taunting our poor Luceris. And Luceris is like, I'm not going to fight you. You can call me strong. You can call me weak. You can call me young. You can call me boy. I'm not going to fight you. And so he's on his way back to his dragon and he realizes that Vagar is gone. And so we can already tell that this is nothing good is going to come from this interaction. <laughs> it's just too much. It's too much in one episode. Why do they just squeeze our hearts like this? They don't even pull it out. It's just a squeeze, just enough so that we just stop breathing, lose consciousness just ever so slightly. And he's flying through the skies and here we see the bully Amond or, you know, the taunting uncle Amond with Vagar, you know, that old woman. And they're basically doing a little game of chase and you think, okay, this is playful enough and scary enough to send a message that he's going to taunt him and mess with him right and that's it well don't the dragons like feel what you feel and so in a way they're going to react and respond to that primitive feelings of yours and so out of nowhere here comes amix amix I believe that's his name, Amox, Arax, Luceris' dragon. Here he comes and he basically like this little tiny thing just like blows fire because it, 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 he didn't really attack him. He just like blew a little fire at Vagar. And the thing with Vagar is that she's been around for a very, very long time. So she doesn't take those kinds of games that lightly. Like she, she's really not into playing games. And, well, you know, when you fuck around, you find out. And here we are with Vagar attacking poor Luceris and his dragon. And, and then he just snaps at Luceris in a, tr in a true oh shit moment. Like, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> And I, I will say that I still feel like even though it, it is deemed, would be deemed an accident by the way that the things took place, I think that Amond really wanted that deep down because I think Amond is truly, is a true villain, even more villainous than King Paimon himself. Amon is just rooted in so much darkness because he is the middle child. He is the forgotten king in a way. Because he's the one who really wanted to be king over Aemon. Over Aegon, I mean. 
And so being overlooked and being told that you're perverted, unqualified, older brother gets to be king just because he was born first and he holds like no respect for the throne yeah I guess I would want to blow shit up too and so you know when they have this long standing you know I issue I would say I, I could see it all just kind of coming out and the dragon just being receptive to that in their playful game and we lose we lose Luceris in this episode in this final episode and what I'm just supposed to sit with these feelings for the next year it's not like hot D's coming out in the spring of 2023 you know, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my time? Binge watch and rewatch Hot D again, knowing that I'm still going to be left empty. It's not going to fill the void that this show is going to leave. I, I just, what are you guys going to do with your time while the show is gone? I think I'm just going to be in bed until it comes back. I'm just going to like melt myself into the bed. I, 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 I mean, I could read the books, but why Luceris is no longer with us. I didn't even realize I loved him so much. It just, he's just so tender and so sweet and so soft and so loving. And, and now we've lost him. And so now that we've lost that, what else is left on this show? poor kid like to just be snapped at oh so quickly and so ruthlessly over an eye yeah Amond, you've made a huge mistake and I can't wait to see you die I can't wait to see you die I hope that's what's coming for you but yeah guys it's been one hell of a season I am gonna miss you all so much I just want to thank all of you for sticking with us this season sticking with me I mean I have loved to learn so many of you listeners from all over the world it's been really fun connecting with you all and I just like I'm just sad the show is over you know um, but it's been so fun and I just can't wait for season two, like truly cannot wait. Um, so yeah, just like, let me know what you guys are going to be doing during your, during our time off. Cause I'm just going to be in bed. So just like, let's talk. Let's just like talk about how sad we are that the show is gone. Well, one last time for season one. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. If you want to connect, hit me up on hvxpod at gmail. If you want to connect on Instagram, it's hvxpod. And on TikTok, hola bichora. And until next time, adios.